We are back. We're back. We're back to normalcy. Well, close, at least in my eyes, we're covering the NFL, MLB, NHL. We are almost back to where we were before the virus. And even though I've run into a couple that have just gotten the virus, I was like, well, is that still a thing? Yeah, it's out there. And ooh, I don't, you know, I don't downplay it at, at all, but we're, we're really close to almost where we used to be. And I really think that I'm just, I, you know, and it's funny. I saw somebody tweet something out. It's like two years ago, two and a half years ago, we didn't have any sports. None. Remember that? Remember that? There was only like the UFC and they were in, remember when he made, he built an island, was it in Saudi Arabia? But uh, for UFC fights, he, he, that was it. Remember everything was a ghost town? But anyway, anyway, we were moving forward. Hopefully that's all in the rearview mirror. And I'm in just in a good mood today. I've been out and about uh, this past week. It's been a good week. It's been a great week for the family. I'll get into all that. Let me bring in my guest. And, and the other thing, too, is it's driving me crazy. I'm running into Tom Brady haters lately. It's a handful. But boy, oh, boy, and I don't understand it. I don't get it. I know that he's famous and he's handsome. And he's a beautiful wife and he's got mansions. He's got so much money and he's the goat. And he's got seven Super Bowl rings. So, okay, is it jealousy? No, I finally figured it out today when I pulled this car in my driveway here at my house and I was like, aha, but I'll get to all of that. And I'll also get to the backstory on how I cornered my guest. <laughs> Speaking of Brady, Brady, Gronk, Bill Belichick, who is the authority on those three? There's one. He's at the top. And I got him. Tom Curran, NBC Boston. NBC Sports Boston. He has been the leading authority with the Tampa, with the uh, with the Patriots. Uh, I think it's like since 1997. I'll tell you how it all went down. I wasn't sure. You know, I've seen him on TV. I've heard him. I've seen him on the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, he's it. But I wasn't so sure. Oh my God! Turned out he was just a great guy. Great guy. But I wanted to get. Some behind the scenes, what was Brady like when he was in New England? What was Gronk like? Was he the same as he is here? And what really is Bill Belichick truly like? Tom Curran is the man. And so we sat down in Palm Beach on the lawn at the Breakers on a beautiful day. Couldn't have been better. And... He was great. He was great. So, Tom, thank you, my man. And for all of you, Brady, Gronk, whether you're Patriots, whether you're Tampa Bay Buccaneers, check out these stories, man. This is what I love, the behind the scenes. Here he is, Tom Curran. All right, when you think of the Patriots and information, you think of my next guest. Tom has been covering the Patriots in the NFL since 1997. Does it feel like it was that long ago? Sometimes it does. Yeah, sometimes it does. And it's also really interesting to see the transformation of so many things, whether it be events, rules, style of play. Um, but I, 
If you list the people who might be the most fortunate in this business to be right place, right time, I would have to be very close to the top of the list. I was going to say, was that your goal? Like, I want to, we want to get into it really behind the scenes and what it was like and Brady and Belichick and all that. But was that your goal? Was your goal to be an insider covering the Patriots or how did it start? Yeah. I mean, once I realized that I wasn't going to be playing a professional sport, I wanted to write about them. I was, I was always read when I was a kid. My parents were teachers. I read the hell out of every sports book I could get my, my hands on, and I wanted to be a, a writer. So at that point, I wanted to work for the Boston Globe or, the, or Sports Illustrated when I grew up, and of course, those entities are not the same. Um, what I ended up doing, writing digitally, writing for those bigger papers, covering the New England Patriots, which I grew up in, in the Boston area. The first team I followed was when I was nine, the 1976 Patriots. That's um, exactly what I wanted to do. So again, fortunate, fortunate guy, Rock. Is, what is the secret? What is the secret to your longevity? Because this is a crazy business. There's not many that stay, and especially on the one beaten for so long. Again, I think it's good fortune. I mean, it really, a lot of it has to do with the success of the team. You know, I started at a small paper on the Cape. By the time I started covering the Patriots, I was at a suburban paper called the Metro West Daily News in Framingham, Mass. So I was covering high schools and colleges and golf and also the Patriots, um, you know, a couple times a week. And, I, you know, I really wanted to do that. So I worked really hard to get stories other people weren't getting, where it breaks things that other people weren't breaking. So after doing that for five years and the team experiencing the success that it did, um, especially in 2000, 2001 and into 2002, you know, I developed good relationships with Bill Belichick and Scott Pioli and a number of the players and Brady. So then I was able to get a job at the Providence Journal, which was a bigger metro paper. And I did a, you know, the beat always has turnover and it always has someone who's kind of a lead dog in terms of the information and getting a lot. And it changes on beats. There's hot streaks and cold streaks and relationships. So I, I credit a lot to the relationships that I was making. I credit a lot to being in the right place at the right time. When Bill Belichick came to the Patriots, uh, when he drafted Tom Brady, you know, by dint of their work ethic, I benefited by being there and giving, and they actually model a work ethic too when you're covering a team. You elevate the way you do your job if they're working really hard at theirs and have a level of seriousness to it, you do the same thing. You want to keep up. That's amazing that you say that. There's a young guy that's on one of the affiliates in Tampa, and I was doing a little podcast with him, and he said, I've upped my game as a reporter watching Brady every day. How about that? Yeah, it's, he, um, he had a million positive impacts. When you think about Brady, the positive impact that he had on our region in so many different ways, whether it be as a competitor, um, as a teammate, as somebody who would take less to share more and achieve success, as someone who would be selfless. Look, I understand there's a perception of Tom that exists right now that, okay, well, he's doing things his way and he is puts himself first. And I think that's okay. I think he didn't put himself first for 20 odd years. And when he finally had the opportunity to, he said, okay, you know what? I, I'm going to author my own exit. I think I've given enough to this game. I've given people enough great Sundays and postseason games where I'm going to author my own exit. And if people don't like the fact that I'm coming back, too bad. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Does it inconvenience your, your news cycle? Sorry. I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I've done it for Bill Belichick or Robert Kraft or the fans of New England for a long, long time. And now I'm doing what I want to do. Now, 
What was your perception of the relationship for 20 years between Belichick and Brady? What did you see? Uh, mutually beneficial, highly respectful, not close. Um, but, you know, Bill is hardwired to start and start and restart and restart. Um, that's what he wants to do. It's like, you know, teachers might love a class, but eventually those students graduate, go on, and you get new students. And Bill's hardwired to bring the next person in. And he believed by his general timetables and actuarial tables that in 2014, it was time to take a quarterback because Tom was 37. Well, Tom's the outlier. And that pissed him off and really created uh, a dynamic in the last six or seven years where Bill was like, hey, get on my watch here and you're on the clock here, buddy. And Brady's like, the clock doesn't work for me. So that really led to a level of just a push-pull, creative tension between the two guys so that it became somewhat dysfunctional. But I think that they've done an excellent job, Rock, of, uh, of seeing past agitations that they had with each other in the final 17, 18, and 19 and that led to him leaving um, and saying, so it was hard. It's supposed to be hard. It was hard. And we, we had a lot of success. I don't give a crap about the stuff that happened in those years because the overarching success we had together makes me appreciate it more. And I think they had to go, Tom had to go to Tampa to find that out. That's interesting. What about Belichick? Now, we're not there. I see it and I'm like, wow, I would think that he's, you know, I'll give it up. I'll give it up. No, is he still driven? Does he believe in Mac Jones? Is, is there a part of it that he wants to show that he can win without Brady? Do you think there is a part of that? Yeah, uh, I do. I, I think that, I don't think it's because of Brady. I think that, or Brady's personality. I, I just think that it followed what Bill thought to be its natural course. The quarterback will leave when he's 40 years old, okay? That's it. And he kept playing. Um, but had he left at 37 or 38, Bill would have stayed on not to prove that I could do it without Tom, but to prove I could keep doing it. That might be more accurate. I can keep doing it. A lot of people in New England believe the opposite to be the case. He's trying to prove that he can do it without Tom. Tom's success undeniably has ratcheted up the urgency of the Patriots organization, I believe. Certainly ownership. Um, we heard from Robert Kraft today. And... I think he put the decision in Bill's, I know he put the decision in Bill's hands. You do what you think's best with my treasured Tom. And what Bill thought was best was to not give him the contract that would have kept him in New England, which was two years, guaranteed, $50 million, exactly what he got in Tampa Bay. And Bill wouldn't do that. And as a result, Tom leaves, and that's a very affordable, uh, very affordable contract playing on. And you know, Robert notices, okay, the decision you made was to move on, where are we? We just went through a season with Cam Newton. Now we have a season with Josh McDaniels having left. Uh, we have a season with Mac Jones, who was good, but we finished slowly. So I think that Robert is, okay, you made these decisions. I empowered you to do that. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the success and the winning and the billions that you've helped make me. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to turn up the dial a little bit, even though you're 70 and very accomplished. Now, do you? No, no, no. This is beautiful. It's a podcast. I mean, no, this is beautiful. Beautiful. You're the man. Um, do you think Brady's been able to have show more of his personality in Tampa Bay under Arians than he did in New England, or is that a miss? Uh, miss? That's not right. Uh, 
Yeah, I think he's able to be more candid and do things that will pursue that, that he wants. I mean, he's competitive, so his brand and his off-field interests are part of he wants them to succeed, which means he's more out there with the Brady brand and the TB12. But that's not actually him either. That's a marketed portion of him. The, the Brady that, that I know that I think is the most actual one is, is the one that you see who's, you know, really a devoted son, really an incredible friend to any teammate that he's been with, um, and a, a great dad and husband. I mean, we have yet to hear in the 23 years, so, similar to LeBron James, however you feel about what LeBron James, and, you know, his business leanings with Nike and China and everything, you can have your feelings, but you don't really see anything ever having happened with LeBron James, who's been in the spotlight since he was 16 years old, or Tom Brady. They don't, they've never brought embarrassment. So that leads me to believe that these are high-character guys who we might be sick of at, at points, but it's, it, they're, if you had a neighbor like Tom Brady, you'd be happy. I'll tell you one thing, Rock, that's, I've told this to many people when they ask about him, is Brady is better in this setting, one-on-one, talking to an individual than he is at the podium just because of his engagement. doesn't matter if you work for the Daily Bugle or ESPN. And I don't know if you've had a chance to experience that in the locker room because of COVID. We we have not. Now, one of the beat writers did get a one-on-one with him. That was it. Rick Stroud of the Times. And he said, once he got there, because his time, everything is structured. You know what I mean? He told the PR staff, just abide by my schedule. They said he's great. But he was engaging. He looked him in the eye. He answered every question. So, and he said it was really amazing. Yeah, he's a re- he's a very real person who just operates by a different credo than we do in terms of being driven to succeed every friggin' moment. I mean, I've done fine. God knows. I mean, what any of us could do with our lives if we were that committed to chasing excellence all the time. It's unbelievable. All right, Gronk. Now, Gronk, everybody in the organization loves Gronk. Gronk also works very hard. He's there early. He's there for the meetings, and people have this perception that he's just like almost like a frat boy. What was your dealings, and tell us what Gronk was like in New England. Uh, I thought he was, <laughs> he was the most authentically playful, childish person you could be, and I think that was the, the great thing about him was he was just um, – it was authentic. It wasn't put on dopiness. Like, you know, like, you know, I always hated this in high school. The kids who were athletes, or not even athletes, guys who would be smart and would pretend that they were dumb. I don't know what that word means. Like, if you see that out here with the coaches sometimes. Well, I don't even know what that word means. Use a simple word. Like, why? Why would you say that? You want to pretend you're a dummy? Gronk is not pretending he's a dummy. <laughs> um, he's very ill at ease when he has a microphone in front of his mouth. I always kind of felt bad for him because he was always, he knew that thinking on his feet and articulating exactly what he was thinking quickly, I think he always had a, he had something in his brain that said, I'm not doing this right. So he would become a little silly and stuff and he had a hard time with it. Um, But when you understand that everybody has different strengths in life, that doesn't mean if you're not, you know, exceptionally articulate with a microphone under your mouth, doesn't mean you're not a, an incredibly smart person. He is. We're all different. I mean, there's, I can speak. Lucky me. Can't do math for shit. So, um, and the concepts, when you listen to, to Belichick talk about Gronkowski and his ability to 3D see a football field and have it all come easy to him is amazing. Ben Watson was a Patriots draft pick. 
probably had about a 43 on the Wonderlick. Brilliant guy. Um, wonderful person. Ridiculously strong. Actually benched like 575 when he was at Georgia. And he could never play tight end for the Patriots the way Gronk could um, because he seemed to be thinking the position all the time. And Gronk doesn't seem to have to think it. It comes naturally to him. So everybody has different strengths. But I, love, I loved him very much. I, I think he's a great guy. All right, last but not least, what is the perception overall of Patriots fans now after two years with Brady down here and even Gronk as well? Where is the percent? What do you think, Tom? I think that there are Patriots loyalists who believe that Brady had become too big an entity to continue on and that it's just as well the Patriots moved on from him. And those folks who are what we would call up in New England and Bill We Trust folks, feel as if uh, they've been proven right by Brady's kind of self-actualization with all the off-field stuff. There's plenty of people who's like, why would you move on from the greatest quarterback of all time when there's still fuel left in the tank? And then there's people who just like, okay, I'm, I'm over the whole conversation um, and I'm you know, on to the next thing. But, you know, there is an unbelievable, it's not a sense of loss, but... You, you do get the feeling is it's like you covered the 27 Yankees or Lombardi's Packers or the Walsh 49ers, and you got to do all of them for 20 years. And it's still covering the NFL, and Bill Belichick's still there, but it's it was a unique time. And, I again, I couldn't have been luckier to be there at that time. My last one, who do you think retires first? Brady, I mean for good, or Belichick for good? That would be Brady. I think Belichick will hang in there for two or three more years. Tom Curran, you are the man. Thank you so much for doing this for me, my man. Thanks a lot for asking me. I enjoyed it. You know, I I wasn't so sure, like, what he was like. That I did not know. I did not know what he was like. Now, I have a friend, very good friend. We worked in Plattsburgh, New York. It was my first TV job. I did radio for five years on a small radio station in Sussex County, Sussex County, New Jersey. It's up there, the tri-state area. Yeah, you're at the tip with Jersey, New York State, and Pennsylvania, WSUS. I stayed there five years. Most people don't stay. Now it's different. You can stay, man. But I stayed five years. I got my first TV gig, NBC affiliate, Plattsburgh. It's called Plattsburgh Burlington. And then I was on my way and then a lot of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, So Tom Cameron is the pregame, the postgame host on Nesson, which is New England Sports Network, for the Boston Red Sox. He's also a huge hockey guy. He calls the Bean Pod Classic every year. He loves his hockey. He's from that area. I think he's actually Maine. Uh, and he worked in Portland after Plattsburgh, and then he got the job at Ness, and he's been there ever since. But this is Tom Curran, and I even told that to Tom. And he's like, I get that sometimes, Karen, Curran. So what is it with, now I have acquaintances. Maybe Tom will be my new friend. (laughs) You know, anyway, anyway, and Tom and Tom, Tom Karen, Tom Curran. But anyway, I wasn't so sure. So it was basically at the last day of the NFL owners meetings in Palm Beach, Florida. And I had already cornered Adam Schefter. Got him. I had cornered Jocena Anderson, ESPN Insider, CBS Sports, HQ, formerly ESPN. Got her. 
I got, uh, who else did I get? I was almost going to get Weish from NFL Network. I was just waiting so long, blah, blah, blah. And I was looking, and I looked across, and I recognized Tom Curran from NBC Sports Boston. Like I said, he's he's covered the Patriots for so long. But I never really, I've never talked to him. Never talked to him. Don't know him. And they were on a corner uh, not too far from me on the grounds, the beautiful, well-manicured grounds of the Breakers Hotel. Oh, my God. And I figured, what the heck? And I walked over, and he had he was he had either just taped yeah he was he taped uh, something they were doing a segment whether it was his podcast he's got a great podcast for you Patriots fans Patriot Talk podcast but uh, or something for NBC Sports Boston and he finished and I walked by and he smiled he was smiling like he smiled and I was like hey hey how you doing good good couldn't have been like more welcoming you know. Uh, there are some that are like, you know, don't even bother talking to me, man. Or like, you know, and he was real welcoming, you know? And I said, how you doing, Tom? I said, listen, my name is Rock Riley. I've been down here in Tampa Bay for 25 plus years. I'm covering the bucks now. And I got a podcast. The rock stops here. It's how you made it to the top. You're the man, you're the man. But I would love to find out what Brady was like, was he different than he is here now? You know, I got to have Belichick wrong. And he's like, sure, sure. Now you got to remember when I, when I corner these people at these big events, their stations are sending them to, you know, flight, hotel, meals, the whole shebang to work. You know, they're doing their work. They're not just freaking hanging. And, he he was like sure, and I said, "I hey, let me just get my tape recorder. I got my I got my quarter, my Zoom recorder. I got two microphones. I might even use just one at the time. I think we did." And I came back, and we were outside. We did this outside, sitting down, and he even pulled up another chair for me, and we sat out on the lawn, and just did it. And I mean, he didn't have to do it. Look how long he took, and that was really really cool. And I can't thank him enough. And again, people that. I have met that are successful and are at the top of what they do are always good people. They're good. They're good people. They're nice. They're good people. And it's funny because there was a guy, I, I might've said this on an earlier podcast. There's a sports, a craft beer sports bar that I walk to. Now I don't have to drive, worry about it. If I have a couple of beers, I don't have to worry about driving back. And I walk to it. Now, there's been a change of ownership. The price is a little bit up. I'm, I'm, my other peeps are there, but I go walk. So I walk there, and every time I tell that line, hey, man, everybody that I talk to, you know, that is at the top, they're all really good people. I mentioned that at this uh, craft beer bar that I walked to, and he's just a single dude. He was sitting at the bar a couple t- uh, seats away from me. I know the bartender. She's my friend, Lisa. And we were BSing and she said, this is so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. And he got a divorce and he's going to build a house and he's finally going to have his own house. And it's out, you know, Hernando County away from here and he couldn't wait. And we started talking, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Housing prices are so high. How'd you get your land? You know, how long is it taking? That type of thing. Because I built a house before. I, I specifically didn't. I've had two in my time, one in New Jersey and one here. Um, and so I know a little bit about it and was just curious. And yeah, yeah. 
And when I, t- she's, oh, he used to be a sportscaster. He's a sports guy. He does a podcast. And I said, yeah, these people that are at the top are always nice people. And he looked over at me. He's the first one that floored me. And he's like, that ain't true. <laughs> now I'm open to this. And I'm like, well, it's been the case for me. And he's like, Anybody that I know that's at the top is an asshole, you know? And I think he meant like maybe that somebody that runs the, the company that he works for or, you know, I don't know what his top is, but to him, and I was like, all right, more power to you, buddy. Like I'm not set. Like I will listen to other people where some people just do not, they don't listen and don't care. So I was, I laughed. I came home to my wife and I said, you know, remember, you know how I always say that people at the top are always good people. There's a reason why they stay at the top. Yeah. This guy at the bar is like, you're full of shit. <laughs> you're full of shit. You know, no, that's not true at all. So she was laughing and I was laughing. Now, here's what I've run into lately. I'm not saying a lot, but a couple that are just adamant. <sighs> Guys that will not give Brady credit or just cannot take Brady, stand Tom Brady. So I told you about a guy at Publix. He's a bagger. He started at me again today when I went in. I'm like, oh, there he is. Oh, can I go? No, I want to go in the fast lane. I don't want to be dealing with Dennis now. I just don't feel like it. He knows all his sports. He's a New York sports fan. He grew up in, I thought it was Queens. It's Brooklyn. And he lives down here. He's living here 25 years. He doesn't want to give any credit to any of the teams here. He's one of those guys. At all. At all. Not the lining. He's a Rangers fan. He's Anyway. Anyway. So I'm at the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs last week. And a guy that I know, I like him. I've actually been to his house. My wife is kind of an acquaintance. She used to work in the same bureau as his wife. She was in news, then she went on to public relations. That happens a lot. And her husband is still working as a general assignment reporter, a news reporter, at one of the affiliates in town. I don't want to say his name. He's been a great guy. He, he, he dabbles in sports filling in. He used to be a sports guy before he got to this market. But... He, he's been a Tampa uh, news reporter the whole time. He said he likes it. He's on one of these outskirts counties where the assignment desk and the main people at the station, they don't bother him. And he loves that. And that way, as long as he gets his news story done, he can, he can, you know, he's, he's, let me tell you this. When you work in a TV station, photographers or videographers, even reporters hate to go into the main building where the bosses are, where the assignment desk is, <laughs> it's like the last place they want to be is seen <laughs> because, oh, oh, what are you working on? I need you to do this. You go out and shoot this, do this. So anyway, uh, and this gentleman who I've known, I've been to his house. We went up there for something, a family thing. He's been really good, good to me. I've done a few things for him or his wife. And then uh, he, he got Martin Gramatica and I, he was at something like down in Miami. Maybe it was one of the Super Bowls. And all I know is I was doing a radio show with Martin Gramatica and we, uh, Eric said he was down there. So let me pop you on, man. And I popped him on. And then he got us, I think it was Warwick Dunn. 
I was like, he goes, Warwick Dunn is standing over here near me. I'm like, oh, he knows me. He certainly knows uh, Martine. And he went over and he put it, he said, hey, I'm on the phone. I'm on the air right now with Rock Riley and Martine Gramatica. And, like, and he put him on for us. That's pretty cool. When he's your guest on radio and then he goes over and puts someone else on, that was pretty cool. So I'm at, my point is, I like Eric. I like this guy. And uh, so he sits down, he sees me at the dinner table dinner, uh, lunchroom, dinner room at Amelie Arena and is an open seat next to me and he comes right over and he sits down and it was kind of like, hey, how's it going, man? How you doing, man? Everything cool, cool, cool. Blah, 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 blah. And we're talking about stuff and this and that and somehow it came up to the bucks and he's like, boy, oh boy, what's up with Brady? Boy, did he bungle. That retirement speech, boy, he screwed that all the retirement when he announced, boy, he screwed that all up. I'm like, well, no, he didn't. I mean, the news broke, you know, Jeff Darlington and Adam Schefter from ESPN were the ones that broke that. It wasn't like he bungled it. Oh, no, 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 no. And I'm thinking, all right, now listen, Eric, I am around the bucks. You are a general, general assignment news reporter. Yes, you do know your sports, no doubt. No doubt. I give much respect. But I'm over at one buck. I'm at these places, the combine and the owners' meetings, and talking to the GM, the owner, Joel Glazier, the head coach. And he's like, no, he really. And, and I'm like, well, I talked to Jeff Darlington. Jeff Darlington. I, I kidded Jeff Darlington at the NFL combine. I grabbed him by both shoulders. He and I know each other now and because he's been at the Bucks quite a bit. And he's been on with me, and I told him I always like him. He's like, oh, I love you, man. He's a great guy. He he is a got a great personality, Jeff Darlington. He's an in, insider for ESPN. And I grabbed him by the shoulders. I said, Jeff, were you shitting bricks, man? When you when you and Adam brought that, you know, gave you know, broke that news about Brady, and then you had to wait like six days. And you know what Jeff Darlington told me? He's like, No, I knew we were right. I knew I was right. Like, because they're stating, they're putting their reputation out there with a story that big that the GOAT is retiring from the NFL. That's huge. But anyway, here comes my general assignment reporter, Eric. He's like, no, but no. Remember the night before he denied it, he denied it. And I said, Eric, he has a social media team. Do you know that? He's got an entire social media team. He wanted to make the announcement on his platforms. And, course, and then he did deny it. Okay, I give you that. It was kind of awkward where he denied it. And then the next day it came out on his social media. He wanted to control it. Or as they say now, this term that's used all the time, the control the narrative. I don't know when, when, when that term just come up. But he wanted to control the narrative. And so, I mean, what, you know, so then, 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 then my man, Eric starts, he starts with this. He starts like, and what is he doing? Like the thing in Miami where like, he's going to own the team and he's going to play at the same time. And then, and then, and I was like, well, listen, how do you know that? How do you know that that is true? And then I gave him a story behind the scenes with the owner of the Bucks. I'm not going to say that here on this podcast, but I, I, I had to give that to Eric, but he didn't back down. He did not back down and did not care. Like that, that's what blows me away. Like, oh my God. And then he started, uh, oh yeah. And I can't believe like he's going to announce the games and then play at the same time. What is this? And I was like, 
No, 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 no. He's not going to announce the games and then play at the same time. It's like when he is done, when he retires, then he's going to, then he's going to uh, continue to play. Sorry about these sirens here because I'm doing this outside. Oh, this drives me crazy. But anyway, so, uh, and I was just like, I was enough. And I was like, okay, I gotta, I, I gotta go. And he's like, I gotta go out on the patio and do a live shot too. And I was just like, wow, like what? And it didn't hit me until a day later when I, isn't that funny? Do you get that where there's something that you're thinking about and it's like a day or two and it shouldn't mean anything. What does it matter? Where will this one guy that you know has that type of an opinion? What should that matter? And so I drove in. I thought, oh, my Eric grew up in Miami. He's a Miami Dolphins fan. I bet you he can't stand Brady because Brady has beaten the Dolphins so many times. Voila! That's what it is. I should have just said, Eric, it's okay. You're a Tom Brady hater. It's okay. It isn't like he's done everything wrong, you know. And then it's funny. When I went to Publix and I saw this bagger that can't stand Brady and everything, I said... And he's always, he follows me out to my car, man, when I got my groceries. And he's going on and on about the Rangers, about the the Jets, about the Mets, about, you know, dissing Tampa Bay sports. Even when I'm going out to my car, man, like I've actually gone to different Publixes, even though that's more convenient, just because, oh my God, I just don't have it in me, my energy to deal with Dennis today. And sure enough, and here he was. I saw him when I went into Publix today after this whole Eric thing. And I was like, no, no, he's not going to see me. And I did not see him. Like I did my grocery shopping and sometimes they move the baggers. They got to do something else. And I was like, he's not around. And I checked out and who comes up at right as I just checked out my groceries, Dennis. And he's with the, and even the manager's right there. And I couldn't stand it. And I was just like, you know what, Dennis? I ran into somebody. I mentioned you just like you, a Brady hater, man, not willing to give any credit. And you know, all he did, he just, he just grinned like, you know, oh, and then there was another incident at one buck today with the off season workouts where there was one particular reporter that I was just talking to and we were BSing about the whole very strange how Bruce Arians stepped down, gave the head coaching job to his buddy Todd Bowles. Uh, Todd Bowles, the report last year that Todd Bowles and Brady didn't like when Arians would all of a sudden come in the room and red line. I, I never heard that, but read, you know, change the plays or something. And I actually asked that to Todd Bowles this week. And he's like, I don't even know. Where, I said, what's going to be the role of uh, Bruce? And he was just like, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because you know what? This story about that red line, that never happened, never happened. So this reporter that I was talking to today said, you know, one of her fr- friends said, you know, oh, I saw that. He's lying. Bowles is lying. We'll never really know the truth. I said, that's true. But there was also one other particular instance that I told her that I knew behind the scenes because I was right there when this stuff went down. 
and she had a totally different take on it and actually was not there and was not around and thought my take and story was wrong, you know? And it was just one of those days where I came in and it's like, oh my God. And she like interrupts me when I try to tell her something and starts to hold on, hold on, hold on. I was there. Do you ever get that when someone tries to, inter- they're, they're interrupting you, they just can't let you finish. And when I came in, my wife goes, how's it going today? Oh, oh, it was going good, going good. But I got to tell you, man, with Eric, you know, this thing about British, you know, boom. And then another story, boom. And then my wife started interrupting me. And then my daughter needs something. She came back and then she would, no, no, hold that thought. No, we're done. I'm fine. I'm moving on. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So all in all, things are fine. In the scheme of things, man, everything is cool. That's that's really what I want to get to. Every, everything is A-OK. Um, let's see what else we got here today. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Is it me? Now, I have traveled to Indy, uh, Palm Beach. That was, it's still in the state of Florida. Uh, the last time I was in New York City, I noticed, I think it's in all these cities, these scooters. Have you ever seen them? Now, I've never seen anybody older on them. It's always young people. And I got to tell you, downtown Tampa, it's called the Water Street area. It's right around... Amelie Arena, that's where the Lightning, the hockey team plays. They have concerts. The owner of the Lightning, Jeff Vinnick, has built up this area where you work, play, eat, Water Street. And it, I got to tell you, man, it is really, it's tremendous. It is tremendous. And, but what I notice is, even when I got out after last week's Lightning game, and it's late. These kids in their 20s, younger, it's pitch dark. Well, you got streetlights, but I mean, they are zipping around on these scooters, no helmets, bat out of hell. Now, again, everything is new. The streets are new. The curbs are new. It's not like being up north where you got potholes. You don't have potholes down here because we don't have plows that tear up the, the roads. And we don't have sanders or ice and snow. So you don't really have potholes and especially a whole new community. But it just blows me away on how many of these kids like just jump on a scooter, jump on the scooters and zip and they're moving, moving. And the amount of young people that are living in downtown Tampa, I mean, it's really cool to see. And it's just, you know what I mean? They got more like a carefree attitude yeah if you don't have the family and the kids and and all of that yeah 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 you can get away with it you know and i mean you you should hopefully god god love you if you're carefree that that's that's wonderful but anyway um that's what i noticed and i like it and it really is smart i mean they've got everything like they've got what i'm a Publix uh, called Publix greenwise and they've got everything there in this big building. It's where Ric Flair's living. Now, I don't want any of you creepos trying to stalk his building. I won't tell you what the name of the building. You know, woo, Ric Flair, nature boy. Um, but it's a high rise and it's state of the art. They have everything, all the amenities that you want. And then down on the first floor is your grocery store and they have everything there. And they even have a bar with flat screen TVs in the Publix, in the grocery store. 
So you can, you got everything. These people that are living in these, in these high rises, especially in this channel side district for, of Tampa, like everything is at your fingertips, man. You can, there's coffee shops, there's bars, there's restaurants, there's grocery stores. You know, you can, they don't have to do anything except have a good time and make your money. And however they're making their money, they're doing it because they're paying these high rents. And that's the other thing. Oh my God, it's getting out of control. When is it going to burst? My wife is still on me almost, almost weekly. Can we sell this place? And then we move to her mom and dad's house, not far away until this bubble burst and we'll make a lot of money. Oh, I'm fighting it. We got woods in the background. I'm fighting it, guys. I'm fighting it. Trying to keep her happy. Ooh, because what, what if this bubble doesn't burst? <laughs> what is it? You know, and, and I've been going through all that and with all my finances and trying to figure out things down the road. But anyway, I hope you're doing well. It's great. I, for myself, I just got to thank you to the man upstairs. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's great to be able to be back at these facilities, the Bucks, the Rays, the Lightning, and to be able to talk eye-to-eye, man-to-man without the Zoom. And I just hope it keeps going in that direction, you know. We'll see. Haven't So far, the NFL with these off-season workouts, I thought it was going to be when they're coming off the field, like it used to be, no, they still have the narrative where they will bring out who they want to bring out. They do a pretty darn good job. I will say that with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But, I mean, you can't pick and choose. So, we'll see. With baseball, you go around the clubhouse, you pick who you want to talk to. Hockey, I can understand when you got playoffs and you it's so important. You cannot have one of your star players go out with COVID. So they don't want to let reporters yet in the locker room. But you're all in one big room and they have a media session. So anyway, it's just great. It's great. Our weather is still nice down here. I mean, we're getting hot now. Uh, it's out of control. We're planning on a big, 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 big family uh, event here. I'll, I'll get into that as we get closer. But I, we got relatives, and I never have anybody visit. Uh, we weren't used to that in my house. Where at my wife's house, there's always Grand Central Station at where she grew up in her parents' house. And for us, no, my brothers and I, my mother and father, we didn't have anybody over. We, we left the house and went to somebody's place. And you know what I'm saying? It's just totally different. It's funny. It's great. It's great. That way they're different. Oh, I do want to say this. There is a couple, husband and wife, a young couple in Tampa that just cracked me up. Their name names are the Driscolls, Paul Driscoll and Blair Driscoll. They are just super fans of Tampa Bay sports teams. And the, I now am understanding this term of like influencer. You know, there's some people that have it and some people don't with anything. Am I right? It can be a comic. Heck, it can be a realtor. It can be a doctor. It can be a receptionist, whatever. Some people just have it and some people just don't. And this young couple, they crack me up. They, 
they just love their Tampa Bay teams. They got all the jerseys. They got different hats. They've got season tickets for the Lightning, for the Rays. They go to Bucks games. And what really has, they're wholesome. Like, oh my God, if I was a, had a big prod, a product, like product placement, I would do it with this young couple because during this lightning, this last lightning playoff run, and for the last two years, I've followed it from a distance, but all of a sudden lately, they, the guy Paul starts this thing about fruit, like fruit on a superstition if the lightning are going to win. You know, he pulls out a, a, a thing where they chop up some fruit and put it in a plastic container. And then he went to the point of going as far as just a plum. One stinking little plum. It sounds stupid, right? You're like, how can you take a plum? He'll put it on his, and they also live in a beautiful place in downtown Tampa. Everything is new in their place. It overlooks. I've never been there, but just seen the pictures from their social media. And they post all the time. Not overly, just enough though. They know what they're doing and they've got it. And he'll put a plum out and then like plum power activated. And all these people just love it. And then it gets closer to game time. He's got his jersey on. He goes out on his balcony. You can see Emily Arena from behind. And he's like a Chiquita banana and he holds it up. And I'm like, what is this? And then he and his wife... Right around, say it's 7.30 face-off. They drop the puck at 7.30. At 6.30, they buy tiramisu. You know what tiramisu is? It's like a dessert type thing, like a pudding thing. I mean, and they buy the same thing, tiramisu, and they show a picture of the tiramisu, and they're sitting in their seats, and it's like it's time, and it's become this thing, tiramisu, tiramisu. And then he goes, they go on the next day, when the team wins to a coffee shop in downtown Tampa called victory coffee. And they got their big ice, like victory coffee and it's victory coffee. And I found myself just following them. He drew me, they drew me in like I'm way older than them. I'm an, I'm a reporter. I, they've got it. Like now I understand the term of these influencers on social media. What is it? Why, why do I think this is funny? And when I did a morning skate, the morning skate means the players come in in the morning, they'll do a skate, they go back to their hotel or their home, take a nap, and then they come back in the early evening, and then they play their game at night. So you can go and cover a morning skate. I covered a morning skate, and I'm like, I got to find out where this, where this victory coffee is. And so it's really hard for parking in downtown Tampa. There's not So anyway, I'm looking around, looking around, driving and I just parked my car here, start walking. And again, here come some young people on scooters. And one girl was walking, she's only like her 20s. And I said, excuse me, can you tell me where Victory Coffee is? And she's like, um, yeah, yeah. You just got to go like down there, go to the left and kind of like just walk down there and then you'll see it. Okay. Like, is it at this next light? You know, it's kind of like, I, I think it's kind of like, kind of like down there and then kind of like make a left. I said, okay. And I went kind of like down there and then I kind of made a left down there and I walked and there it is. I see the nice glass victory coffee. And I went in and I said, I get, can, Oh, they don't have, you have iced coffee. He goes, we got cold brew. 
all right, I've heard about the cold brew. It's like the same boys coffee. I said, okay, put a little vanilla in there. Yeah, I'll take that. Great. And I said, you know, I got my friends. I'm calling them friends. We've never even met. It's somebody I'd follow on the uh, Twitter. And, he, and, and the owner, it's a mom and pop shop. And he's a nice guy, young guy. He's like, who are they? I said, the Driscolls. Oh, they've been uh, big supporters of us for a long time. And I said, hey, man, can you take a picture of me here? And I had it, boom. And then the next day, no, and I took it that day. And I'm like, to the Driscolls, in honor of the Driscolls, victory coffee. And then Blair, you got that right. And, then, and he's like, Rock knows what's up. But I mean, it sounds silly. That I, I've told my wife a little bit about this family. She'll think I'm, I'm losing it. Like there's something wrong with me. You know, these people on the internet, like you don't even know them. How do you, and I don't even bother. I don't even bother. But isn't that funny? And I laughed so hard by getting that response from the Driscolls. And I did my victory coffee. I, when I came back home and I was sitting out here in the back patio drinking some beers like later that night, I always said I got more of a kick out of going to Victory Coffee and doing that and putting that on the interweb on Twitter than I did actually covering Stamkos and the Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> I know. You know what? I think I'm losing it. I think I'm losing it. And I think I'm getting too caught up in social media. So I'm going to get off social media after I ingest this into my laptop and take a break tonight because I think I'm losing it. So on that note, thank you, Tom Curran. You are the man. Thank you for the behind-the-scenes stories of Belichick and Brady and Gronk. And best of luck to you and Mac Jones and the team for covering them. I mean, you're not a part of the team, but, you know, it makes it easier when they're on their way to a Super Bowl or something. And we'll see what happens, right, as the offseason continues. Listen, thanks so much, man. I'm getting... I'd like this bad boy to grow more, but you know what? I, it is what it is. I am getting some compliments from some people that enjoy it. So thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because without you, I'm just talking to myself and drinking beer at night. And you know what? I do that anyway, especially as the buzz grows. All right, listen, have a great, great, great week. Uh, I've got, what do I got next week? We'll see. We'll see. I got a couple in the can. I'm going to have to start uh, start getting some big new ones, though. All righty, all righty, all righty. Listen, have a great week. All right? Try to have fun. All right? I'll talk to you next week. Thank you. I'm Jerry Petuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 